This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Welcome back to Brojo Online. And today we're going to be talking about the not good enough story. This is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I'm trying to practice a new uh, way of speaking here where I get straight to the point from the beginning rather than building up to it with suspense. So the main point of this podcast is going to be that the not good enough story is secretly a bullshit cognitive script that excuses you from doing what you should be doing. That it feels like a punishment, but in reality it is an escape from doing the hard work. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. So we all have the not good enough story. In fact, the only people who don't have it are probably severe narcissists. And it changes as you go on. So the not good enough story for me doesn't flare up very often these days, but it does still come up. It says things like, I'm a fraud as a coach, that I don't really help anyone with my work. It says things like, I'm never going to make it here in Czech Republic, that my visa application won't work because I just don't do things right, on and on. Uh, Today I noticed it say that I'm too psychopathic. I was watching an emotional thing with my girlfriend and not feeling emotional. And so not good enough story told me that I need to feel my emotions more. It used to say other things. So 10 years ago it told me that I was unattractive. doesn't say that anymore. It told me that I'm a fraud and that everyone will see that I'm full of shit. It sort of still says that. And it told me that no matter how hard I try, I will end up failing and everything will fall apart. It doesn't say that anymore. So it's it's changed over the course of my life. When I was a teenager, it said more things around peer acceptance, around sort of social acceptance. And as an adult, it says more things about money and about worthiness. The voice might change its words, but the, the source is the same place. We all have this. Take a moment to just stop and think about what your not good enough story says to you. What is its current script that it's using? What does it do to you, this script, when it happens? How do you feel? Anxiety, perhaps? Stress, panic, unworthiness, hopelessness, powerlessness, a kind of impotent frustration, a pressure? Uh, maybe it just depresses you. Maybe it's, it's had such a hold of you for so long now that when it comes up, you just feel knocked down by it. You know, just the other day, I was watching uh, Netflix. It was some... One of those cooking shows, uh, people were learning to, uh, competing around how to make desserts and shit. And there's this one chick, this, uh, this little Asian girl. She, the whole time she just kept talking about how she had to live up to her dad's expectations. And she was a fantastic chef, but she kept letting herself down by getting all panicky. And the whole time you could hear her not good enough story literally coming out of her mouth. She'd be like, oh my god, I'm so useless. I always screw up. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. I can't believe it. You know, you could actually hear that script going on in her head because she opened her mouth and let it out. And it was amazing to just watch her be swallowed by it. She she's, she was the highest performer there if she had remained calm and cool and collected. But because she lost her shit whenever there was a tiny mistake and all these old wounds came up for her, uh, she would end up making a big screw-up. And I see this in people all the time. They're not good enough story, whether it's silent or whether it comes out quite openly. 
it just destroys any motivation they have. It destroys their focus, uh, and it destroys their ability to perform. Where does it come from? You're not good enough story. This idea that no matter how well you do, there's always, you could do better and you're not quite there yet, and so on. Maybe it comes from parental conditioning. You know, a, a lot of the guys that I work with, I can trace back their childhood when I tend to stray unnecessarily into therapy. And we, we find that they, kind of parent, I call them pressure parents, it's impossible to impress them. It's impossible to achieve to a high enough level to satisfy them. There is always that extra 10% you could have done. I remember I was in the airport with my family and... It was an extensive airport, it was in America somewhere, and they had a mini-golf course for people waiting for their flights. And there was this family going, and three of the family members, the dad, the mother, and the little girl, were on, say, hole seven. And there's a little boy still on hole six. And I was watching this, like, why is that little boy by himself? And he kept missing the hole, and his dad wouldn't let him move on with the rest of the family until he actually finished hole six properly and the little boy was on the verge of tears and the dad was being really high pressure and the, the mum and the daughter were kind of being all awkward and silent and the little boy tried to kind of tap his ball in after he missed a shot or kick it with his foot or something and his dad got angry and made him start over again i mean that's the kind of parenting some people have and that might be an extreme example i mean putting pressure on a kid to do a mini golf course i mean what the fuck but that that's that's more common than you'd believe and more subtle in most families. You know, the kind of ones that are like, Oh you got an A A minus. So you got an A, but it was it was a minus there. You know, this kind of thing where you're never quite good enough. So parents want the best for their children and so often their unrequited hopes and dreams get placed, uh, kind of uh, projected onto their children and they hold their children to a higher standard than they ever held themselves. A standard that cannot be reached. We've got the school system, the standard westernized school system that's now global and is severely outdated, where it tells you that you are ranked on your performance, especially at your in-the-moment performance. So you might be a great scholar, but if you fuck up the exam, then you're a total loser. This kind of system where you're marked based on how well you did the exam, how well you did the assignment, rather than the effort you put in, rather than the amount of... of commitment and passion you engaged in so you're taught that how good you do by other people's standards is the measure of worthiness you're not yet aware of course that by the time you become an adult that you will never impress everyone there will always be someone who think you could have done better and so this is an an unwinnable system there's peer pressure particularly when you get into high school about being cool about being attractive about not being a tryhard there's all these things where if you do poorly in your academic work, you'll be called a dumbass, but if you do too well, you'll be called a nerd, and you've got to try and find this impossible balance that satisfies everyone. It depends what school you go to. Some schools, they'll punish you for being academically gifted. Other schools, they'll punish you for being a jock. You don't know what to do. So you've got this overall social construct during your upbringing, during those you know formative years where your your brain is still being sort of molded and, and it's based on linear achievements through measurable outcomes you're supposed to win to be worthy 
supposed to get across the line, and the line's subjective and different for every person. For somebody just passing as a win, for others, if they get 97%, the parents will be asking, where's the other three? So we get this linear achievement thing, and how good we are depends on how well we're moving up that ladder, how quickly we're moving up that ladder, and most importantly, have we got to the top of the ladder? And that's, of course, the big failing in the system is there is no top, so you're never good enough. When does it happen? When does the not good enough story get really loud for you? You know, I got this this concept of volume from acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, Dr. Russ Harris. The not good enough story is, is like a radio station playing in your head, this kind of radio station of doom. And sometimes it's really quiet. It's particularly quiet during a success or during uh, being very fully engaged in a task where you don't care if you win or lose, you just love doing it. That's often where the not good enough story is at its quietest. When does it get loudest for you? I've found that it gets loudest after failure, particularly. It also gets loud during failure. It gets loud anticipating failure. It gets loud before success, because I still anticipate failure. And it gets loud after success, because now I'm going, well, what's next? What could I have done better? It happens in the social world. It happens in careers, health, family. Basically, it happens all the time, except for some few key moments. So something's going on here. As I alluded to at the beginning, that maybe this not good enough story isn't something you should be pitied for. One, because it's common and everyone has it, so you're not special for having this. But also because maybe it's working in your favor. So now we're going to have a little look at the truth behind it. And with that uh, suspense in mind, I'm going to stop here for a second and just do a little pitch for my coaching, which you can skip over if you want to. So I just want to know, if you're you're the kind of person who does struggle with the not good enough story and can see that you're missing out on opportunities, I am the guy to talk to. I work specifically with nice guys and people pleasers. They're the ones uh, my favorite to work with. And my focus is on building genuine, long-lasting confidence through increased integrity through authentic behavior. So learning how to be yourself, which is a lot of what you'll do when a not good enough story is manageable. Um, So I'm only interested in working with those of you who are willing to change and ready to invest in themselves. So if you're interested in that, email me for more, dan at brojo.co.nz. All right, pitch finished. Let's go on to talking about the truth behind the not good enough story. I want you to notice something about the not good enough story. I want you to notice how it's most likely to come up when your integrity is being challenged. Now, it's not always obvious. You think it's come up because you failed. You think it's come up because you're anticipating failure or you're just feeling bad about yourself. But I put it to you that it gets the loudest when your integrity is on the line. Potential confrontation. When you're imagining that a confrontation might happen, that's when it gets really loud. You don't trust yourself. You don't back yourself. You don't think your ideas are worthy. You think maybe you should keep your mouth shut. That's assertiveness. That's respect for yourself. Those are values coming through there. Notice how the not good enough story gets loud when those values come up. Putting yourself out there for a rejection. These are the values of courage and determination and again self-respect. Notice how loud the not good enough story gets when you anticipate 
a rejection or when you're considering whether or not to put yourself up for one. Hassle and difficulty. So the values of persistence, determination coming up. When you look at a task and you see just how fucking big it is, how long it's going to take, how difficult it's going to be, how much of you is going to be put through the ringer in order to get this task done. Notice how the not good enough story comes up then. And particularly, notice how it comes up when the concept of revealing who you really are comes to the fore. The idea that you might be a fraud, that you might be a flawed human like everybody else, that you're not quite as cool and happy and funny as, and together as you've got everyone thinking you are. Notice how the not good enough story comes up when that's about to be challenged or when that's being put at risk. Now, why would the not good enough story tend to come up during these moments? I've got a theory. My theory is that you don't do anything without a good reason. Now, that reason may be subconscious, but it's there. In fact, I've got a theory that every single thing you do, deep down you believe it's the best thing possible to do in that moment. It serves a higher purpose. No matter how flawed your deduction or your reasoning is around that, I believe that that is always the case. You're always doing what you think is the best thing you could do. So when you're punishing yourself with a not good enough story, there must be a benefit to it. There must be a good reason to do that. Your brain can choose not to punish you with the not good enough story. It can choose that. Maybe not consciously, but subconsciously it can decide to turn it off. I know that for a fact because I used to have the not good enough story going off all the time, and now it hardly ever happens. There's been a massive reduction in it for me. So some part of my brain has decided to stop doing it as much as it used to. Now, how could it make that decision? And if it can make that decision, why does it choose to do it? If the not good enough story is so painful and so hard to bear, why would your brain put you through that? Because it's true? No. But it does have a benefit. It looks like the not good enough story is about failure. It looks like it's telling you that you're a loser and that you're not good enough and so on and so forth. But you know what it's really about? It's about your fear of success. When the not good enough story comes up, you're on the brink of change, which is the real definition of success. Success, a new success, not, not succeeding at something you're used to and comfortable with, but pushing past something you've ever done before. That kind of success requires integrity. It requires you going where you've never gone before. Courage, determination, honesty, respect, acceptance, responsibility. That's what you're afraid of. Now, how does the not good enough story play into that? It gets you off the hook. The not good enough story is the script you use to excuse yourself from doing the hard, shitty, scary work. That's what it's for. That's the purpose it serves. That's the benefit of it. It's not there to punish you. It's there to get you out. It's like a... It's when you're on a date. You know, you ever do this with a friend, like, call me in half an hour with a pretend emergency, just in case this date goes awfully. That's what the not good enough story. It's your friend calling you to get you out of something. Notice how the not good enough story often comes up when you're anticipating your next move. You're actually at a crossroads, deciding whether or not to do something difficult and challenging whether or not you should push it or just go for the comfortable, safe, backing out option. The not good enough story is that push to take the comfortable, 
way out, isn't it? Why? Because a not good enough story moves your goalposts, and it means that you can never complete something, never finish, and never succeed. If you're not good enough, you notice how the not good enough story comes up after success? You know, you do something well, and it goes, well, you still, you could have done this better, and you could have done that, and so on and so forth. It looks back, and it just tears apart that win, and just shits all over, and just undermines it, and poisons it, and cuts it into pieces. Notice how it does that? It's doing that for a reason. It's to make sure that you can't see yourself as a successful person. It's to make sure that you cannot have any faith in yourself. Because if you don't have faith in yourself, then you don't have to try. I mean, you would never ask a paralyzed person to run upstairs, would you? Because they can't do it. Technically, they're not good enough when it comes to running. Their legs don't work. And that's what you're trying to put your... That's the position you're trying to put yourself in. You're trying to convince yourself that you are disabled, that you are unable to do this. Because there's no pressure on a loser to succeed. The underdog isn't expected to win, and therefore he doesn't have to try. And that's what the not good enough story is about. It is your fear trying to give you a way out. It's saying, hey, look, if you can just believe that you're a loser, if we can just pull apart every single achievement you've ever had, all the millions of things that you've done to survive until this point, if we can just pull them apart and show that they're not really good enough, then you don't have to stand up to your boss. Then you don't have to ask out that girl that you're attracted to. Then you don't have to finish your assignment at school. Because you're a loser. And nobody can expect a loser to do that stuff. Right? The not good enough story. You pity yourself for it. You think your life's unfair that you're being punished with this thing. But you're not. You're being rescued by it. It's keeping you in the nice, safe, easy, mediocre life. That your fear wants you to have. Now your fear isn't your enemy. It's just it's serving its purpose. Its purpose is to keep you comfortable and safe. It doesn't realize that what it's doing in the long term is giving you a very uncomfortable, insecure life. It just knows that it feels better right now to avoid that difficult stuff. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's hesitating to make sure you don't fuck things up. But you buy into it. You think the story's real. You think, well, I am a loser. And I could have done that better. And you slowly attach yourself to the story to get yourself off the hook. I'm going to give you now uh, a way out. A way to deal with the not good enough story. A, a reframe. Because what I realized after a long time, this not good enough story, it was me not understanding my brain's language. It's like I'm misinterpreting the words. The words are in English, but they aren't meaning what I think they mean. When my brain tells me I'm a fraud... Actually, let's use... I'm going to, I'm going to tell a personal story now. When Brojo first got started, that's the community that I run, we, we had a media piece done. Uh, an author from, a, from an online magazine came and did a write-up on Brojo. And I was so excited, like, this is the first time media has ever been involved in my life. And maybe the last time, to be to be fair. You know, and, and uh, I didn't do my research properly. I didn't realize that the author was coming in. She was a feminist author, and there was just no way she was going to do a positive write-up about a men-only group. So, I was I was naive, and I was excited. And then her piece came out, and it 
It was pretty kind to Brojo, but to me personally, it was pretty harsh. It's basically saying that I'm a wannabe guru and that I manipulate people and that I, like, I double speak, that I don't mean what I say and so on. Some of it was based in some truth, others, other parts of it were just subjective kind of fiction and judgment. But it got to me. It really did. And my not good enough story really flared up when I, when I got that article. It took me a while to kind of recover from that one, uh, because I wasn't prepared. Which is funny, because I've watched the media my whole life. I see what they do to people, <laughs> but I wasn't prepared. And I ended up talking to the co-founder of Brojo, Mike, about it. I just said, look, man, I'm, I'm feeling a bit down about this thing. Like, I'm a bit worried that what she's saying is true. Like, am I a wannabe guru? Am I trying to tell people how to live? Like, uh, am I steering people in the wrong direction? And he was very helpful because he said, well, it's good that you think that way. And and that wasn't the, the response I was expecting. So I, I asked him, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, if you didn't have any doubt about yourself... You would become that guy, the wannabe guru, the fucking cult leader. A person who doubts himself is somebody who will keep updating his ideas, it's somebody who will be open to feedback, it's somebody who will get better over time and yet never lose sight of like possibly being wrong. I thought that's true, you know, this idea that I'm a fraud, that keeps me in check. I have to constantly be honest to shut up that voice. I have to be curious and get new information and constantly get updated training. That's the only thing that keeps the fraud voice quiet, is me being really honest and open with people. That voice is quietened by my integrity. Now, when I try to pretend like I know what I'm doing more than I actually do, that voice gets really loud. That voice punishes me for going away from honesty and away from curiosity, away from respect and openness. And I came to realize this not good enough story is here to help me. If it's getting loud, it means I need to up my integrity. That's what it's saying. It's not saying don't do it. It's saying do it. It's saying you better do it or I'm going to punish you. I'm going to guilt trip you. It looks like the not good enough story is there to get you out of doing the action, but it's actually challenging you to do the action. When it says you're not good enough, it doesn't mean that you're not achieving highly enough. It doesn't mean that you're not impressing people enough. It means you're not living by your values enough. The thing that quietened the not good enough story for me mostly was honesty. Increased, significantly increased honesty. Not just the everyday honesty that people use to convince themselves that they're honest people. I wasn't a liar, but I was hiding things. You know, the when I used to feel like a fraud as a manager at Corrections... That voice went away when I started telling people that I worried that I felt like a fraud. When I started telling my staff members, hey, I'm not entirely sure that what I'm saying is accurate. I want you guys to challenge me. Keep me on my toes. Make sure I don't get into some bullshit like power trip. As soon as I told them that and opened up that I was a bit insecure, that voice went away. The not good enough story is there to challenge you to live by your values. So instead of attaching to it like it's the truth, which it absolutely is not... Take it as a challenge. If it says that you aren't attractive enough, then go and talk to a hundred people. It's telling you to go and socialize more. It's challenging you to do it. When it says that you will fail, then go and fail. It'll shut that voice right up. Unless, of course, you don't understand what the voice is. So if it says you're going to fail, 
and then you go and fail, you'll think, I'll oh, see the voice was right. But you'll notice that your attempt was half-hearted. If you go, right, I'm going to go to failure, I'm choosing failure, by going so hard out that I go beyond my ability, and I might succeed by old measures, but I'll be going to a new level of failure above success, then the not good enough story will go quiet. All that aside, I want to leave you with one last practical thing. The not good enough story is merely thoughts inside your head. And there's a practical way you can deal with this. And that is to accept that it exists as noise inside your head, rather than listening to it as the truth. Imagine it's a radio station. Like, I used to work at a shipping and distribution company, and I was just a low-level floor factory guy. And so I couldn't choose a radio station, and they always had it on New AFM, which is just like my least favorite music, like R&B and hip-hop and stuff. I just can't stand that stuff. And I had to listen to it for 12 hours a day. But it didn't stop me doing anything. I, I hated the music. I didn't want to listen to it. But I could still do my job. I could eat my lunch. I could carry on with my life. They're not good enough stories like that as well. You can carry on and do the things that you're supposed to do while it plays in the background. Sometimes it gets loud. But still doesn't stop you. I can walk beside you screaming at you that you're a loser but I still can't prevent you from living with integrity. I can distract you a little bit, I can throw you off your game, but I can't stop you. The not good enough story is like that, it cannot stop you. So when it does happen, just stop, ground yourself, notice it's happening, and carry it like a, like a squirming puppy that's trying to get away, that's trying to bite you and it's barking all the time. Just carry it under your arm, and do the thing you're supposed to be doing. Go get the rejection as you ask for a promotion. You know, go fail at the at the athletics competition that you've always wanted to compete in. Go do what you're supposed to be doing, instead of using the story as an excuse to live a mediocre life. I hope that helps you guys. The not good enough story plays a role in everyone's life, and once you accept that, you'll realize it doesn't control you at all. And get in touch with me. Let me know your stories about how you challenged your not good enough story. Dan at brojo.co.nz And I'll catch you all next time.